Hi, I'm Sarah, and this is Mind Tracker. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for your patience with this episode. It was meant to be released on Thursday, but due to some technical difficulty, I wasn't able to release it. But thanks to the gracious team at Podbean, which is a podcast server I'm using, who helped me troubleshoot the error. I hope this episode was worth the wait. All right, let's begin. So as you know, the past two weeks, we had dived deep into what the mind is, what the faculties are, what the conscious and the subconscious mind can do, and the programming and the reprogramming of the subconscious mind. So as I sat down to brainstorm about ideas for episode number three, I got inspired to talk about how to care for this phenomenal tool that we have. The mind is the most powerful tool we have to live our lives. And if it is cared for intentionally and constructively, it can do what it is designed to do. So this episode is dedicated to understanding what we can do to effectively care for the mind in order for it to reach its highest potential. The first segment is going to be about human connections. We are primates. We are the social species that are meant to exist in groups. We're meant to have healthy, deep-rooted human connections. It's inbuilt in our biology. It is through these connections that human beings share experiences. Our imagination gets widened. We share ideas with people. And we learn from each other. And our mind can use those references and build its own understanding about the world. When we first hit the face of this earth, we lived in communities. Through those communities, we were able to expand in population and exist as a species. We started to communicate, form languages, form cultures, arts, ways of expression of human beings. And now, as evolution has taken place and civilization has taken place, we are in cities. But we still need the same kind of deep-rooted connections that we had before. But today's time is very different. We are in a unique place where we have never been more connected before, but we have also never been lonelier before. It's a really unique place to be at, don't you think? We haven't had more accessibility to each other before. Now we are very accessible to each other. I can connect with somebody I met two days ago, and I can also connect with somebody I met 15 years ago, and I can learn about their entire life in the span of minutes. But is this serving us? Is this serving our innate necessity of deep-rooted human connections? Unfortunately, while we are connecting with many more people than we have ever before, we have also become a global society which is individualistic, where people believe that self-sufficiency is the prime goal, to the point that we don't need very many people to care for us. And that is what has led us to 
enter into an era of loneliness. We are now, as of today, the most lonely we have ever been as a global population. One third of the world is experiencing loneliness. It seems like with this new system, with these new technological advances, we have reimagined human connections. And in a way, we are neglecting our own needs. The human connections that I am referring to, which are necessities for us, are meaningful. They are the ones which give us identity, which give us a sense of belonging. They have care, affection, and love. We can all think about few people whom with we felt like we are at home. We felt extremely comfortable. We felt loved for who we truly are and seen for who we truly are. And as I look at those connections, as I look at the connection that I had in my life, where I was truly loved and cared for for exactly who I am, and which has a huge impact on the formation of my mind and me as an individual. One of such connections was with my granddad. He was a source of imagination, creativity, a lot of love, and a lot of care for me. And I think most of us are fortunate enough to have those kind of connections. It was through his eye that I felt that I was valued. And I was seen. And I was important. He cared for me more than I cared for myself. He cared for what I needed, when I was hungry, if I was ever crying. And this is a very natural, raw human connection that we depend on, we rely on. And that is a source of support and care that keeps our mind healthy and happy. And... As I mentioned before, you probably have those relationships in your life as well. Didn't you feel extremely taken care of and supported and carefree? Even though you may not have had the resources that you have right now, you felt happier and more liberated. That is what care and support can do to the mind. And we take a lot from those connections. And we learn a lot. It is through their teachings that we know how to live life. And that is how generations upon generations are able to sustain the teachings and the principles of humanity. But how can we introduce this kind of relationship in today's time? And what happens if we lose somebody who was a source of such relationship? And now when I think about replicating that quality of relationship, I really need to think deep. And so this proposes us a question. How can we replicate such relationships and form new ones? What can I do to form those relationships with people in my life or for this stage and the coming stages of my life? I think this is an ongoing conversation, and I think we need to pause and think. But what I can propose today is a starting point. The starting point of 
replicating those caring and meaningful relationships and adding them to our lives. It is the awareness that these relationships are our necessities. A life with those relationships and a life without those relationships are going to look very different because we're going to have two very different minds. The relationships we are forming now are quick to form and also are quick to fade. They don't even reach the state of maturity. And that is why people experience loneliness like they have never experienced before. When COVID-19 first hit, the entire world, remember when we all started social distancing? That was a time like we had never seen before. It was the first time ever that the entire world was experiencing loneliness and the entire world was admitting how challenging and difficult it is. The entire world experienced what one third of the world experiences every single day. And what it does to the mind has no limits. So as I was researching on the subject, I came across a very informative article, and I would love to share a paragraph from that article. It's not going to be too long, I promise. Here it is. All members of the society, including those with a serious mental illness, need to feel a sense that they belong to their community, with both a strong and weak ties. Without connection, we risk feelings of alienation psychological decline, and quite possibly also an earlier death. Being part of a community not only makes one feel psychologically better, it also makes one physically healthier. We need to pay attention to a worsening epidemic of loneliness within the current pandemic, particularly for a group of people who may have been lonely to begin with. This was written by Oliver Frudenry. Okay, I'm so sorry, butchered their name again. So the link of this article is going to be posted in the show notes below. But this article spoke volumes to me. It heightened the consciousness towards what people have been experiencing and unfortunately are going to continue experiencing until they take constructive action to avoid it. Having strong ties and weak ties are important, and what we're missing in today's time are strong ties. And what does a strong tie even look like? I think a strong tie is when somebody knows you for who you are and cares for you the way you need to be cared and talks to you in your love language. It involves touch, affection, understanding, recognition of people's emotions, and validation of those. It is an absolutely valuable relationship experience that everybody needs to have in their lives. So I hope this segment of the show gave you something to think about. And it also gave you the awareness that asking for more in a relationship is completely okay. It is required. And also giving more in a relationship is required because our mind uses that support we get from the relationships in order to feel secure, in order to 
then spend its energy in doing what it's meant to do, in reaching its own highest potential. Because a lonely and anxious mind is working overtime to feel happy, to find patterns in itself to make sense of what's going on. A mind which is not supported and not cared for struggles. And so we struggle. And with that thought, I'm going to move on to the next segment. So this segment is all about removing the scenarios, the situations, the people which do not serve us. And I know this is really difficult to do. But in order to preserve our mind and to save its energy for it to focus on things which actually matter for us in our lives, we need to take this as a form of self-preservation. And it starts from identifying our environment, the conversations we have in our environment, the situations we often lead ourselves into. An environment and the people we surround ourselves with are extremely important for us and our growth, much more than we believe them to be. Steve Harvey, who is a stand-up comedian and he's a great speaker, I was listening to one of these reels on Instagram and I came across his reel where he was talking about a, a fish in an aquarium. I think he was referring to an example or a metaphor. I'm not quite clear because I can't exactly recollect, but I thought it was a great example for this segment. So in Steve's example, he spoke about a fish, which has the innate ability to grow up to two meters long. But because it is kept in an aquarium, which is only a meter long, it stays small. It doesn't want to outgrow the aquarium because it's obviously going to die. So looking at the environment, it adjusts its growing abilities. But when the same fish is released in the ocean, it grows to its full potential. And it grows to the size of two meters long. And this example, or metaphor, speaks volumes to the impact of environment an organism has on itself. And we, being one of the most complex and intelligent animals on the planet, we take a lot from our environment. We observe, we listen, we respond and reflect. Almost 90% of the time, to our environment. So if there is a situation you know is not serving you, if it is toxic, negative, or there is a person or a scenario, consider taking the steps to steer away from those people, scenarios, or places. And I know it is really hard if you haven't done it before, but we may not realize how much damage a toxic situation or a person or place which is not serving us can do to us. Our environment and the people we surround ourselves with can either keep us stagnant or allow us to progress. And if we feel that we are stagnating, or worse, if we feel that we're moving backwards, then it is time to take action. And oftentimes, 
thinking about ourselves and moving away from people, places, or things which are not helping us grow can seem selfish. But if the cost of staying in that environment is mental health, then I'd say it's a big price to pay. So if you're in an environment which is toxic and is a source of stress for you, and you need help to walk away, consider taking support. Perhaps talk to somebody who has stood up for themselves, who has said no and was able to pull themselves out of an unfavorable place. And I've always seen in my life and in people around me and through observation that it pays off. It is something that we need to do. And with that, I'm going to move on to the next and the last segment of the episode. And this segment is about meditation. I absolutely love meditation. I've been meditating now for a year and I'm still a newbie, but I think I have enough experience to talk about how amazing it is. So why meditation, right? And how can we meditate to preserve our mind? So meditation, as you probably know, has been around for years. It has been practiced by athletes, singers, actors, businessmen, yogis, very spiritual people, and not so very spiritual people. So there must be some reason why everybody uses meditation. And what I've learned is that through meditation, we can bring our mind to a place where it experiences deep relaxation. During the time of the meditation, we are training our mind to detach from the thoughts which are bothering it and to focus on being in a neutral state of peace. If you haven't ever meditated before, you're probably not going to have a complete idea of what I'm saying unless you try meditating yourself. And honestly, it's not too hard. It's probably going to take you a few minutes and it's probably going to take you 10 minutes overall, but you'll get a sense of what I mean if you are able to meditate and reach the meditative state. A question that arises is, how does it help our mind? And how does it help us? During meditation, we train our mind to detach from the thoughts which bother it. So the anxious, intrusive thoughts, thoughts of worry, sadness, and anxiousness, we can completely remove our mind and detach it from those and allow it to focus on and allow it to focus inwards. Because during meditation, you practice deep, long breathing, and you're able to sync your mind and your body together. It is the time where your nervous system is in complete neurality. You're not overjoyed by news. You're also not triggered and in the state of fight or flight by some news. Because you're not thinking. You're not having any thoughts. You're focused entirely inwards. And you may have thoughts, but slowly as you practice meditation, you're, you're going to notice that you have an increasing command on your mind, on what you're thinking and how you're thinking. And this gives an opportunity to have a bird eye view on our situation. Sometimes 
I feel we work up ourselves much more than we need to about a situation which is far worse in our imagination than it really is. And so when you get in the practice of detaching yourself from the situation and when you're not emotionally charged about it, you will notice that maybe it's not too bad. And maybe the solution is right in front of you, which you weren't able to see because you were too nervous about it. So going back to the state of meditation, that is the state when you have reached the place of neurality, remember? Now you're thinking inwards and you will reach a point of harmony where nothing really bothers you too much. And it's almost like a safety blanket and it's a huge treat. And the plus side is that you can treat yourself as many times as you like during the day. When you're feeling anxious, when you're depressed, when you're lonely, when you're stressed, when you're sad, anytime you want, even when you're happy. Just saying. And through these meditative practices, through the deep breathing and oxygenating your body for 10 to 15 minutes every single day, you're not only going to feel a lot better and healthier you're also going to have a lot more control and focus on your mind throughout the day. And that allows you to prioritize things which actually matter for you and to let go of things which do not matter to you. And there's something else that I also want to share. And that is that if you have a scenario which is not serving you and it is a source of stress for you, you can use meditation intentionally to take that stress off of you. And what you're simply doing is that as you're going into meditation, your intention is to remove the stress caused by X. And that X can be anything. It can be your work. It could be a person. It could be a scenario. It could be anything. And if you're interested, here is a little bit of a tutorial. So you simply set an intention and you start taking deep breaths. And you get into this meditative, relaxed state. And you stay there for about 5, 10, 20 minutes, as long as you like. And as you're getting out of that meditative state, you can use affirmations. Affirmations which help you tackle with that scenario. And those affirmations, you know, you have full freedom. Whatever works for you. Everyone has their own way of connecting with themselves. And some people, they use affirmations which are very particular and some people use general affirmations. So I would suggest that you experiment and see what works for you. And a simple affirmation like I'm protected or I'm guided can actually prepare you for that scenario and possibly reduce the momentum that scenario had in your mind and make it much smaller and much more manageable. So as a summary, a few things that you can do to keep your mind in check, to keep your mind in perfect health, is to focus on deep and meaningful relationships. And to be aware that deep, meaningful, caring relationships are a necessity for you. And that way you're going to prioritize them. And second is focusing on your environment and becoming aware of if your environment is serving you. If it is not serving you, if it is stagnating you, or if it is moving you backwards, then it's time to take some actions and look for support 
while doing that if that's your first time. And the third is to introduce yourself to the practices of meditation. It's actually a game changer when it's done effectively. I can actually do a whole episode on meditation. I love it so much. But that's for another time. That's all I had for today. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, you can write to me at info at mindtracker.org. And to support the show, you can head over to Patreon forward slash MindTracker. Also, if you have any ideas of how to form deep-rooted relationships, which you think that others might benefit from, and if you have any tips and tricks to get out of a situation which is unfavorable, please write a review. I would love to know, and I'm sure others are going to value it as well. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next week.